We are now. Freaking let's go. You You're talking over JFK. <laughs> <laughs> what the crap? Let's go, let's go, man. All right. JFK is about to speak. There should be silence. We shall send to the moon, 240,000 miles away, a giant rocket more than 300 feet tall on an untried mission to an unknown celestial body and then return it safely to Earth. But why, some say, the moon? Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why, 35 years ago, fly the Atlantic? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone. And therefore, as we set sail, we ask God's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked. Hey, hey, welcome to How to Be a Texan. Man, that was the longest stinking JFK speech ever. Doesn't he understand I've got sound bites and a podcast here for like 18 seconds attention span people it was a it was a five-year speech yeah. that's what the he whole thing was about he condensed fifty thousand years man. of human history into five years I'm so he had to I'm spend teasing, all man. five years to say the speech <laughs> yeah i'm teasing Do you hey, know where he gave that speech you know he where he was standing when he gave that speech the famous speech was it space city it was rice university well, that's Houston. In Houston. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. It wasn't Space City yet, but he was announcing that, you know, they would be building this program. Houston was going to be the epicenter, yada, yada, yada. Right. And the rest is space history. No, it's kidding. Hey, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I got all the respect in the world for JFK. You better. Well, no, I do. I do. You know, he was a Boston guy, though, right? Who's did, in you, did you hear the way he said uh, decade? He said no. d- decade. Decade? Uh-huh. Yeah, he said, we'll do all this in this de- decade and the other stuff, too. Something like that. <laughs> I had to listen several times to kind of figure it out. Yeah. Okay. It's no, I didn't. Uh, yeah, no, that that's good stuff. So, hey, today I thought we'd talk about um, a, a few things. N- number one, space, mm-hmm. right? Space exploration. And then you should immediately say, how does that pertain to Texas? Well, because... No, because I know. Okay. It's obvious, right? All right. Well... You know, it's good when you come up with Texas-related topics like this. Right. I really appreciate it. Thank you. There's Thank no you. reason to get all... <laughs> Hot and bothered. Panties in a wad. Like usual. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been... I've been wanting to talk about NASA for some time. But you know, the interesting thing is now that all the private companies are involved, in particular, Elon Musk's SpaceX. Is there more than that? No, there really are. Who, so Who so, else? Well... There's there's like 400 different other companies out really? there. Yeah, there are a ton of private companies in space exploration. Wow, I did not know that. Now the question is though, what you know, are there others like SpaceX of that magnitude? And I don't think so. Other no. than you get to like a Boeing, you know, maybe 
there's a company called Orbital Northrop Grumman Innovation Systems. Northrop Grumman, they've been around forever. Yeah. Sierra Nevada Corporation also, you know, those are kind of the bigger players along with Boeing. But then you've just got all these companies that are legit after um, – you know, components of the space exploration space. So anyway, back to the kind of the point of the episode, I thought it'd be interesting if we talked about, you know, Texas role in space exploration. And then I have some really, really cutting questions for Kevin to really test you on kind of what you think. about. Just give me an F. (laughs) (laughs) If it's a test, just give me an F. No, no, no. It's good. So I thought we'd start with a little bit of talk about NASA, and then we'll go into the SpaceX company and how those two interplay. And then we'll end up, in my mind, with uh, kind of the role of Texas in space exploration, the cutting questions for Kevin, and then some really weird things that you didn't know that are everyday things innovations as a result of our space exploration over the last basically 60 years that sounds amazing yeah yeah so it's uh, almost as exciting as the way we started the last episode on like punctuation and semicolon and stuff like that i could this sounds I could keep as going. exciting <laughs> i could keep going about i or now if we wanted to talk about the colon for a while <laughs> not your upper or lower colon the actual <laughs> fart drop comes out. Oh, oh well, yeah. no, no. Somebody needs to get some fart sounds on this soundboard. Well, hopefully not natural. We're but, slacking um, off here. So, okay, so let's talk about NASA. So, NASA. <laughs> uh, do you know which president started NASA? I don't know who did Eisen- Eisenhower. Eisenhower did. Yeah, yeah. He did it in. Uh, and do you know why? Do you know why NASA was launched? I can speculate that they were uh, just wanting to put research and development in to no try to improve aerospace no. and military not no? at all okay no. what was the reason it was a direct counterpunch to the cold war oh yeah well, the i knew Sput- that too the sputnik yeah. one mm-hmm. the russians were way ahead of us and so the sputnik one was the first launched uh, satellite and and so immediately in the cold war so this is in uh 1957, October 4th of 1957 mm-hmm. was when Sputnik 1 was shot off successfully. And um, and we just stood there with our hands, you know, behind our back and like we can't do anything. So who was doing the aerospace research before that? I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Yeah. I think we were doing things, mm-hmm. but mainly for <clears throat> Earth-based you know, aeronautics, mm-hmm. you know, right. like how can we go from the propeller to the jet? How can we go from the jet to a faster jet? You know? So was it just kind of companies like Boeing and others that were making the airplanes? Yeah. Lockheed Martin, yeah. Boeing, think, co- companies like that, that had been around, you know, the automakers, you know, they pitched in during World War II to get build arsenal of democracy, but then they went back to building whatever, you know, Chevys and Fords. So there was no government kind of, um, uh, agency that was behind that. It was primarily these aerospace companies. But then you're saying once the Russians kind of you know launched a satellite into orbit, then the government said, okay, we need to organize a government agency. That's right. That's right. Now there were, there were there were science agencies as part of the government up to then, but they were only at, you know studying like. Einstein's theory of relativity. They were only, they, they were just studying it more from an academic perspective and not to um, truly launch man into space. Yeah, 
Yeah. And and so the Russians really they they triggered it, and then Eisenhower and the U.S. Uh, reacted. So again, Sputnik One went up October fourth, nineteen fifty-seven. Uh, NASA was launched in 1958. Immediately thereafter, mm-hmm. um, now where what um, what was going on with NASA before you know JFK kind of kicked off the initiative to go you know and move everything to Houston? Was there like a central, or was it just all in DC, like a bunch of bureaucrats? No, what, I, I, I don't know how exactly they got to where Mission Control would be in Houston. But somehow, I guess, available now, land. I know a little bit about how that got okay. there. I was just kind of curious where the activity was happening before that, actually. I don't no know idea. the answer. I don't know the Now, I think it was program by program. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, when you look at NASA's history from 1958 through today, it really started with the X-15 program. Then it moved to the Apollo program. And those really had overlap. Then you had the collaborative program with the International Space Station. Then you had the space shuttles, mm-hmm. you know, all of those. And you had an Orion. You had uh, a, that project. You had the Hubble Space Telescope. You had all of these programs that were going and a lot of overlap between those. For example, the X-15, those were the big rockets, and it was all about propulsion and how can we get a rocket up to space, how can we launch satellites effectively and safely. But there was none of this reusable stuff. Once they got them off, they deployed fuel tanks. It was just gone. Mm-hmm. You know, yep, yep, it gone. was a one and done. Yep. And the same for the Apollo, except for the Apollo program was designed with Kennedy's charge in mind. Mm-hmm. When Kennedy made that charge at the in the early '60s, and he said, "By the end of the '60s, by the end of this decade, we'll have a man on the moon." Um, and, and that's what the Apollo uh, program, and they did, uh, I believe 13 Apollo missions. It may be more than that, but that's all as far as I read. Um, so on the selecting Houston as the location, I did a little homework on that. Okay. And, um, there were reasons why Houston made sense, but also there was a political aspect to it also specifically for JFK. Because of LBJ? Well, not necessarily because of LBJ. I mean, that helped. But if you remember from our presidential election episode, you know, we talked about how Texas was always kind of a blue state, you know, prior to Reagan, really. Yeah. So yeah. JFK, had, of course, won Texas. But he also barely won Houston. He barely eked it out in Houston. And... Um, it's probably because you had all these cowboys that were thinking this Massachusetts Yankee guy, and that might have been part of it. I, I think know. also the uh, the fact he was Catholic yeah. was an issue back then too. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, apparently he had barely eked out Houston, and so he was concerned about that. Houston obviously lined up to be a ideal place for it because of the climate. You know, yeah. People could work outside pretty much. You know, twenty four days, uh, or I'm sorry, twenty four. Not 24 hours a day. They could work outside 365 days a year right? right? because of the climate. Yeah. They had the port there, plenty of land to do things. Yeah. And then you had, um, so it was good politically for him to do that. It was a good spot for it. Mm-hmm. And then you had folks like LBJ who kind of helped you know, pull a lot of strings there. Yeah. And then I don't know the guy's name, but there was another super high-ranking official in JFK's administration that um, was from Houston also. Hmm. Uh, so he helped you know pull some strings as well uh, to get it kind of landed there. So it was kind of the typical. It was the right place for it, but it was also politically you know good, good for JFK also to do it. 
Um, so that's a little bit of the backstory. Well, when you think of Houston, you think you know most people across really the planet. When you think of Houston, you think of NASA, and you know it was designated as Space City. You mm-hmm. know. Uh, because they had just mission after mission. Now, the launches didn't necessarily come out of Houston, but since it was mission control, you had the Kennedy Center over in Florida, and that's where the majority of the launches have always come out of, because you got that flat ground right by the ocean. Now, the interesting thing is, out of that Kennedy launch site, you've really got to worry about, like today, you've got to worry about all these tropical storms that are coming in, because generally the bailout for... Uh, the rocket launches, whether it's out of Houston in the Gulf of Mexico or Florida into the Atlantic, you got to worry about recovery. Can I safely recover an aborted mission? Mm-hmm. Which that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, matter of fact, one of the SpaceX missions, the very first one, uh, it had to abort because they didn't feel like they could recover the pilots in the Atlantic because of a tropical storm that was surging up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's pretty interesting. You know they failed three times, SpaceX. Uh, yeah. Literally, they blew up like three times, and then yeah. the fourth time was a was a charm. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. No, I I tell you it, it. Going back through this, you just realize how many failures we had to get to, and I don't know about had to, but we did. We experienced multiple failures. Oh, on the NASA side too. On the NASA side. Yeah. And these were manned, you know, man, men and women that were part of these. And so I just I went back over and I was just remembering some of these things that were occurring. Like for example, Apollo One, it was a disaster. It it exploded with with pilots killed. Then you go back and you remember back in the day, this is pre Andrew, but the in eighty six, January twenty eighth to eighty six, that's when the first shuttle, the Challenger, um, and it was on the uh, it was like fifty eight seconds into it. Mm-hmm. it it exploded. We all remember. It was kind of one of those life markers. You well, know. and it was back in that era when we would all watch it at school. We did. You we know, were all at school. We would watch it. You know, so every time there was a shuttle launch, you know, it was a cool thing. You know, they would roll the TV card in there and put yeah. it on. You'd watch it. And it was really kind of cool. That's and that's good- another thing that made it so sad is you had all these kids and it just literally on live TV yeah. just exploded. And yeah, with very, seven really astronauts killed yeah. right there. 58 yeah. seconds into it because we were just watching and going, wow, that is so amazing. So cool. It's crazy how they still sit up. Uh, 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 wait, wait a minute. What? Mm-hmm. You know, that was horrible. Yeah. And then, um, on, believe it or not, th- so that was in 86. Then you go all the way to February 1st, 2003. And upon reentry, you remember the space shuttle Columbia, it cracked, it, it, it exploded. And it was something about it overheated the nose or whatever. I don't remember what it was, but I remember seeing it. Wasn't that over North it was Texas? Over, it was over North Texas, and mm-hmm. then the debris went all through East Texas and Louisiana. Mm-hmm. So that's how the debris pattern came down. Yeah, I was out. Uh, I was outside that day, actually. And uh, you heard it. I remember. I, I think I may have heard something. I remember hearing it. I think I may have heard something. Like, that's weird. And yeah. then listening to the radio. I, yeah. might, I might have been listening to the radio while I was working outside. I can't remember. But, but it was loud. Uh, yeah, or maybe Kendra came out and said, hey, shuttle just... I was no, like, really? I, was it over here? Yeah, it yeah. Was. This, this it was is very a, weird. This is a 2003. This is right before my twins were born, and I was I was outside working, and I remember I remember hearing that loud boom, you know, and sure enough, it was like seven or eight in the morning. It was mm-hmm. early, and um, anyway, um, so that shuttle program that was really I think um, didn't Reagan start that up under his presidency? Uh, so yes. 
Yes. Uh, it started uh, in, <clears throat> hold on, I don't have the dates for that, but uh, it ended uh, really back in around 87. So the challenge, no, 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 I'm sorry, around just after 2003 when the Columbia uh, disaster occurred, then um, they basically wound that down. So it went from about 85-ish to 2004. Yeah. And so it wasn't long, but it was a Reagan uh, you know, program. And before that, they just had the rockets that would go up and basically yeah, all the crap would fall into the ocean and nothing was really reusable, right? That, that's right. Except were the capsules reusable even that would come back down? Or was that throwaway too? I think all of it was... It was just all trash. I, I, that's what I think. And now, you can correct me on... And that was mainly the X-15 program. And then the Apollo program. But most of that, now the Apollo they brought back because now the, the Apollo, it was interesting because when you look at all the Apollo missions, and that was really all through the 60s. And so they had at least 13 of those. And do you know, um, just a little trivia here for both of you guys. And Hen- Andrew, how you doing? I'm all right. I'm really tired because I just got off work. So okay. I'm a little all right. quiet. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. I just didn't know if you were, you know, pensive. You don't have or... to explain yourself. <laughs> how you doing? No, it's all good. So anyway, so the question is, so do you remember what year it was when we sent men to the moon and they landed? Uh, wasn't it 69? It was 69. Yeah. And so then the question is, how many missions total have we had that went to the moon? And then how many men and or women that have actually walked on the moon? This was something I didn't know. I should have known that, but I didn't. Yeah, I really don't know. So you think we just were one and done? No. So we weren't one and done. No. We, we kept going one. back, and yeah, nobody knows. Everybody just thinks about the one step for humanity, whatever. Well, no, I one. knew there were more because the ones after that really didn't get the same kind of recognition that no. Neil Armstrong and those guys did. No, yeah. no. So, But I knew there were more than one. So we had six. Six, okay. We had six, mission, six Apollo missions to the moon, and ultimately 12 men, uh, no offense to the women, but it was 12 men that walked on the moon. Was there a woman that walked on the moon? No. Well, no. Then why would they be offended? If you... Well, because it's I need to be you know, caring about what everybody thinks, don't I? Well, I mean, if a woman had walked on the moon and you left her out, then that'd be a problem. Well, but... I would I would never do that. Right. Anyway, so, so. it was all 12 men that <laughs> walked on very, the moon. Very weird. Well, I'm just saying, you got to be sensitive today. <laughs> sorry, ladies. It was sorry, just lady. Just preemptively apologize. Yeah, I wish you would have been part of that from 69 <laughs> to 72. But anyway, 12, let's just say 12 people walked on the moon through 1972, and they're like, yep, okay, been there, done that, we're done. And so that was it. And so the question is, why didn't we send like the space shuttle out there? Space shuttle wasn't made for that. It was just low orbit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was made to go up and like you know interact with I think the space station stuff yeah. like that, and yeah. then you know or go install other things into space that you know right. we didn't want to waste rockets on or whatever, right. and then no, come right. back and land and and start again. Right, right. And but that- I think all of us kind of assumed that. There would be continued investment in that space shuttle until it ultimately could have become something like that, right? That's what I always thought. But then they just kind of like eh. scrapped it. Yeah, we're done. We're done. So, so yeah. Well, so it was 2003, so we had to go invest a lot of money in the Middle East. I guess. 
Is that where all our space money it all went? went. The Middle East? Unnecessary wars. Okay. (laughs) Hey, mission accomplished. Come on. Come on. So, um, anyway, uh, so out of, do you know, okay, so another. We would be on Mars by now. I'm just kidding. (laughs) One of the shuttles (laughs) would be on Mars. Yeah, if it wasn't for that war, man. I have one of my my cutting questions I have for you later is I'll come back to Mars, but. Anyway, so there were six total shuttles, right, built. The Challenger and the Columbia both were uh, destroyed. But then do you remember the names of the other four? Because it was a big deal for us as kids. Challenger, Columbia. Yeah, and then you uh, got four more. Really? Yeah. No, I'm drawing No, wait a, a minute. Point. You only have you – know, crap, you only have three more. There was a fourth, and it was like a – uh, Envision, I think it was called the Envision, and it was the prototype, but it was not operating. It didn't have any engines. Oh, that was the prototype. But okay. then you had the Discovery, and the Discovery okay. made a crap ton of missions. Yeah, yeah. Then the Atlantis, it made less, and then the final one was called the Endeavor. Okay, I do remember that. And so you got the Discovery, Atlantis, and Endeavor. All three of those are still, they're retired now. Okay, and the and two that... That and it crashed Challenger and Columbia. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Those cra- those those were destroyed. Now the question is, you'd think, okay, well, NASA Space City, hello, we're going to get one of the space shuttles, retire it there, right? Mm-hmm. No. No. You know where the three are? Where? I, I'll tell you. <laughs> because it, <laughs> okay. Because it, it made me mad. I'm thinking, my gosh, it's Space City. It's Mission Control. Freaking put one of the retired. Space shuttles there, but I'm sure that talk about political. I'm so sure where are they, man? Well, they're not in Houston. Uh, okay. okay, okay. <laughs> so the discovery <laughs> is appropriately at the Smithsonian in Washington D.C. Okay. Okay, because I dig that. If you've seen that aerospace and what aviation museum, it's crazy. I awesome. have not seen that. No. I have, and it's the only. It's like I think there's 11 Smithsonian's in D.C. That's the only one I went to, and I could spend a week in there. It yeah. was gigantic. Anyway, it's there. The Atlantis is at the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. Okay. And then the Endeavor is at the California Science Center in L.A. That's the one that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. Why wouldn't you bring the Endeavor home to Space City? Yeah. I don't get that. Whatever. Anyway, so then the other kind of interesting thing that the NASA did, and then I'll wrap up, is just on the NASA piece, then we'll get to some of the others, is the Hubble Space Telescope. You know, we've got, like, telescopes, like, in space now. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I know. Well, I think that's cool. (laughs) It is cool, but it's not new. Well, it was launched in 1990. I'm not saying it was new. I just think it's cool. (laughs) Breaking news. We have... (laughs) (laughs) For the last 32 years. (laughs) No, I'm not saying that. I just think it's cool that... You know, you think of, like, Davis out in Texas, you know, for that West Texas, like, massive telescope that we have out in West Texas. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's on this Mount Davis or whatever. You ought to look it up. It's incredible. Yeah. And I have friends, and they go out there every year. And that's like they go to Davis just to be in this really cool part of Texas. Are they hearing... No, these are not alien sounds. In fact, this is Earth's natural soundtrack. That's exactly what they hear out there. <laughs> Scientists on Earth call it auroral kilometric radiation. That's what they're hearing. Yeah. Auroral kilometric radiation. So speaking of, um, I just went out and I saw more stars in the Milky Way and whatever out because Caroline and I went out last weekend to... Uh, so you think they added some? You saw more? They added a few? Stars? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> 
<laughs> Is that where you're going with this? I don't know who they did. <laughs> I don't know either. It sounds a little weird. <laughs> kind of a weird story, Kyle. And well, I'm telling you, you talk about being able to see it all. Yeah. Because I was in the middle of nothing. Text line, Texas. If you should look it up, it's on the Texas New, Me- New Mexico border. There's nothing. No lights. Yeah. Nothing. It, I, I mean, love getting out and doing that. Even like, it's not that way anymore, but like when we first moved here yeah. from Flower Mound. It, oh, it's a big difference. It was a big difference. But it's fundamentally different out there. Yeah. I mean, it is pitch black. And that you is see cool. it all. It was awesome. So anyway, okay, so that's a wrap on NASA. NASA's a big deal. The thing that, you know, I guess as an American, as a Texan, I did get frustrated with NASA because it just felt like a give up at the end of the shuttles, the space shuttles. Yeah, I know. I'm like, okay, now what? There's no X-15, there's no Apollo, there's no space shuttle. There really hasn't been much since. No, it's like NASA just decided, and I guess the federal government just decided, well, it's too expensive. They stopped funding it, yeah. Uh, so good luck, and so then you turn your attention from the government to private, mm-hmm. and say, well, okay, and and this is still a big question of mine. If I have a hundred dollars in my bank account, would I spend that hundred dollars on space exploration versus whatever here? Mm-hmm. And I think that really is a challenge. And there are some. I mean, thank goodness there are some people that really believe in it and invest in you know, space exploration. Yeah, I was watching an interview of Elon Musk, and uh, I didn't capture the audio of this, but I'll just kind of explain it. He says, you know, and it's a weird way to phrase it, but he says, I only had $30 million left. Oh. And he said, I, I, and his philosophy has always been to just go all in. Like, he doesn't just, like, sit around on his money. No. So he said, I, I had to figure out, he said, you know, I could put it all into... Tesla, which might be a complete failure. Yeah. He said, or I could have put it all into SpaceX, which could have been a complete failure. Right. So he said, after wrestling with this for a while, I just split it and I put, of my 30 million, I put 15 into Tesla and 15 into SpaceX. Wow. So he goes all in, which is cool. Yeah. And, you know, he'll say things and people will ask him, well, you know, what if it's a failure? And he's like, that's okay. He's like, that's okay because. You know, I'm doing something that, you know, is not just for me, but something for, you know, he feels like he's doing, which he is for like mankind and society and the human race, actually. You know, he'll talk about, you know, if we can explore other planets and, you know, he has these crazy ideas of, you know, if we could terraform Mars, we could actually, you know, set up human beings there. Yeah. And he's kind of like, I feel like we got to do that for the long-term survival of the human race, right? Which, you know, you could say, well, that's kind of wacky. But it is, I do think he's sincere with that, actually. Um, and just to throw all your money into that and say, you know what, if it fails, it fails, whatever. At least I've, you know, given it, you know, everything I can for something I believe in. Well, so I think that's kind of cool. I think it's very cool. And whether you like or don't like Elon Musk, it matters not. He's making big investments in in humanity so that we can answer some very, very difficult questions that we've not been able to answer before. Mm-hmm. There's a very moving part of the interview that I did grab, and we'll play a clip here. Okay. Uh, so check this out. Yeah. You know, there are American heroes who don't like this idea. Hmm. Neil Armstrong, Gene Cernan have both testified against commercial spaceflight and the way that you're developing it. And I wonder what you think of that. I was very sad to see that uh, because those guys are, yeah, 
You know, those guys are heroes of mine, so it's really tough. You know, I, I wish they would come and visit and, and see the hardware that we're doing here. And, and I think that would change their mind. They inspired you to do this, didn't they? Yes. And to see them casting stones in your direction. It's difficult. Did you expect them to cheer you on? So they're hoping they would. What are you trying to prove to them? What I'm trying to do is to, is to make a, a significant difference in in spaceflight and 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 help make spaceflight accessible to to almost anyone. Hmm. And it, it, there's video, and it sounded like he had a rocket going behind him. That's dramatic music for this. Oh, for this. I mean, didn't you know, it, Andrew? It kind of sounded like yeah. it was like they're actually bah, 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 on a bah, bah, rocket bah, 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 as it was. <laughs> <laughs> Doing that interview, yeah. yeah. But his face, he is getting teary, teared up. Is kind of well, very love, sincere. I love yeah. the dramatic pause by the interviewer. How do you feel about that? And then just this long wait until he then, like emotions he, up. Well, and, yeah, <laughs> it's not fair. Elon's kind of like a robot anyway, so it's like okay, loading program for emotion. Uh, show emotion <laughs> now. <laughs> no, but I think no. he's. I think he is very sincere. Well, because, no, he's clearly passionate about yeah, it. Yeah, and um, yeah, no, I think it's fantastic. So I, I was just reading this article uh, about the inner relationship between NASA and SpaceX. Now NASA has a similar relationship with Boeing, but SpaceX. It feels like to me, just as an observer, that they're going nuts and they're doubling down and they're putting so much money in. They're having yeah. big success, and I don't see that with Boeing. But I don't put Boeing and you mentioned Boeing, Northrop Grumman. I just don't put those into the same no same category. I mean, SpaceX is more like a you know venture backed, like innovative style. Yeah. Of right. company, and that's not what Boeing or Northrop. I mean, they do, yeah. At some stage, once this is all kind of figured out, then I'm sure Boeing will start, you know, mass producing. Yeah, you know, with, with those contract, kind of contracts. Yeah. yeah, with a contract to build. Yeah. the Dragon or whatever yeah. for Musk. Yeah, but um, yeah, right now Musk is just doubling down. He's like, all this may be a waste, but right now I'm going to build all these different rocket programs that are fully reusable. You can buy a ticket on there. Matter of fact, I went to the website. This, you ought to, you, seriously, y'all ought to do this. Go to the SpaceX website and then fill. There's a form in there that if you want to put something on one of his rockets to launch a satellite, that's eh, fine. It'll cost you a million dollars. No problem. And you can put something on there? Yeah. Like, like literally, I was filling a form out to submit a, a satellite on the next Dragon launch. Nice. I mean, how cool is that? Nice. I don't even... I don't so, even know what that means. Throw a million bucks in there? Well, it's at least a million. Just put it on your credit card. <laughs> have y'all heard about <laughs> debit card? Have y'all yeah. heard about the Skylink thing that he's doing? No. He's launching all of these satellites into orbit, into space. And basically, it's going to be like a network of satellites. And he's like launching them up in batches. But basically, the idea is to have internet all over the globe. Nice. Uh, no matter where you are. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So he's like just launching all of these satellites. Don't into you the... think you're going to? I mean, there's got to be a lot of space junk up there, right? Oh, there's tons. Have yeah. you ever seen the pictures? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's. Don't there's... we need like a space cleanup exercise? Yeah, we do. 
That's going to be the next big contract, you know, waste management or something. Yeah, no, yeah. Global go, warming. Yeah, go clean you know, up the, Now the, ozone junkification. Yeah, it's really, really nasty up there. Okay. It's really nasty. Yeah. Well, you just think for now, what are we going at uh, since 1958 or 57 was Sputnik 1? So I bet Sputnik 1's not operational anymore. Yeah. Probably a bunch of thousands of satellites that are just clinking around up there. Yeah, but in the whole grand scheme of things, that's not a long time, right? No. So imagine, you know, what a couple hundred years from now, the sunlight won't even be able to get through. Well, what was the name of that superhero, that girl superhero that, like, turned into energy? Remember her? Captain America? Turned Captain energy? I Captain don't know. I don't know Marvel. Su- Captain Marvel. Maybe we could hire her to just, like, you know, neutralize all those junk up Just there. explode it all? Yeah. Just, Yeah. What if we just... It doesn't matter. An asteroid is going to come blow us all up anyway. Really? Yeah. So like what day? Over. I like, don't know. Like this week or so? Yeah, I'll give okay. it a month or two. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, what if we just got a really big gun yeah. and we just shot everything so that it like, just kind of dri- like flies out in the space? Just push it? it out out of orbit? Yeah. Well, as a Texan, I'm pro-gun, and I say yes. I mean, that- what's, a little bit of, what's a little bit of space junk floating around in the vastness of the universe yeah. you know it's not well, good. Just, really. just push it out a little bit that's yeah. what you're saying yeah just that's what I'm saying and then, and then you know uh, well, inert- did, inertia will just carry it I know out. you're joking but that actually could be no. like part of the program not with guns obviously but some kind of way to, <laughs> to actually push it out of our remember, that gravitational pull that and just not, let it go out that didn't work for Superman remember he pushed those guys on the mirror out and then they broke up somehow and they came back and tried to get him you remember the three guys from no Krypton. Kyle, are you high right now? <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's in that bottle? I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But it didn't. I'm telling you, it didn't work out for Superman. He's got sparkling no, DMT not. over there. I'm just playing. So anyway. I do have another clip from Elon that I thought was cool, okay. and it's him talking about the three. Because, like we said earlier, there were three massively failed. SpaceX launches before one was successful. Right. So he talks a little bit about kind no, of hear that. why that happens, he thinks. Okay. I, I tried very hard to, to get the right expertise in for, for SpaceX. I tried hard to, to find a great uh, chief engineer for the rocket, but it, not, the good chief engineers wouldn't join, and the bad ones, well, there was no, no point in hiring them. So I ended up being chief engineer of the rocket. Um, so if I could have found somebody better, then we would have maybe had less than three failures. Wow. Yeah, so he couldn't hire the best engineers. Didn't want to hire the crappy engineers to build a rocket. So he's so like, he I just kind of had to go do it myself, myself, DIY. Wow. Now I'm sure he's attracting better talent. I don't know when that was, you know, yeah. recorded, but I'm sure now it's different. But yeah, you know. he he's primo ticket for you know, if you're a rocket engineer, you want to go work for SpaceX. Yeah. The cool. Uh, did you watch the thing a few? What was it a couple months ago this summer where mm. they blasted a SpaceX oh, yeah. launch and the yeah. guys ended up on the International Space Station? Yeah, that was really. Cool. It was amazing. It was really cool. It's cool to see how they land those rockets back on. Have you seen that? Yeah, that's really cool. Just that technology alone. To yeah, be that able technology to... to be able to land, and apparently several of those have been major disasters too. Yeah, um, yeah. but it's weird. Isn't you know, great? you see this rocket like. Yeah, just you know, self lower itself set, down, set down, set right? Down. Well, again, back on SpaceX uh, website, when you're when you're upping, you know, when you're doing an application for sending your stuff into space, it shows you the trajectory of the rocket, when it's going to take off, exactly the path it's going to do, and then when it's going to be back. 
I mean, it's, it is amazing and it is so kind of user friendly and it's for, you know, you and I could send a satellite up if we really wanted to, Mm -hmm. you know, like crazy, crazy. Yeah. So, uh, again, why does this pertain to Texas? So, um, there is a SpaceX South Texas launch site and, um, actually they have a big, uh, manufacturing plant in central Texas as well. But the South Texas launch site is really right next to Padre Island. It's on. It's uh, east of Brownsville, and so uh, Padre. You know, Padre Island is a really cool beach uh, in Texas, where a lot of people go for vacations, and it's a really attractive place to go when they do have launches in South Texas at that site. It's you know, it's a huge spectator sport to watch one of the SpaceX launches go off, and they're. You know, they're right out there. They'll say, hey, next launch is going to be in three weeks, and we're going to, you know, come watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, just so cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to do that. Yeah, Elon, he's all in on Texas, man. He's moving a uh, – not moving, but he's building a Tesla plant. Down oh, he got now. so mad at California. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Because of the coronavirus, all this stuff, mm-hmm. there was some uh, – oh, it was a lockdown. Mm-hmm. It was by Oakland, and they wouldn't let him open up his plant. Up. Yeah. He's like, dude, I'm going to do everything to keep my people safe. And they were like, nope. And he's like, well, I'm pulling the plug. In this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got so mad. But anyway, what I love about his program is that it's reusable spacecraft. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like they waste anything. And so now uh, NASA is sent – I mean, they're spending like $80 million a seat to – put their astronauts on a SpaceX flight to get up to the International Space Station. Anyway, thought that was cool. Oh, it's way cool. Yeah, yeah. Glad I you mean, like. it's all fake because the Earth is flat anyway. So it's, is all, it. it's all staged. So is a coronavirus. <laughs> it's I'm all not a, sure about that old Christopher Columbus thing. <laughs> yeah, whatever. New world. <laughs> just it's just kidding. a giant projection yeah. of hey, the did, rockets going up into the sky. Hey, did you see that? There was some celebration like last Tuesday, and it was the 400-year anniversary uh, of Christopher Columbus, uh, Plymouth to Plymouth, Plymouth England to Plymouth, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, where the Mayflower took off and landed. And it was the 400th anniversary like last Tuesday. Yeah, but Christopher Columbus wasn't on the Mayflower. Which one was he on? Santa Maria? (laughs) No, he was on like the first one that ever came over. Yeah, I think he was. He was way before the Mayflower. He was a few centuries before. So I think it's a few centuries. Before. So who yeah. was on? Fourteen ninety two was when he sailed that old ocean blue. Yeah. All right. So who was on the Mayflower? Those were the Pilgrims. Yeah. Those, Those were, were the, the Pilgrims. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. What were they? What were they? Um, they were you know fleeing the. So that wasn't religious. Columbus. Not on the Mayflower. No. no. <laughs> For real? For real. Jeez, I need to go do some history myself. My apologies. Fact checker's going to be all over, all well, over you on that No, one. he won't. He'll just... <laughs> so anyway, but... So then I'm curious what the 400th anniversary was. It was probably of, of the, the Pilgrims. Pil- of the Pilgrims. It was the Pilgrims. Yeah. It didn't have anything to do with Christopher Columbus. I don't know. I don't know what the anniversary was. Yeah, that's my story. All right, here we go. All right, there we go. Well, he was 1492, so that would have been... Uh, That's a lot of years. Like 500, not 400. Well, 400 was, lines up with the Mayflower because they got here like what, late 1600s? Well, I'm just saying it was the 400th anniversary. Of something. Of something. No, no, of the Plymouth landing of the Mayflower. Uh, then that was the Pilgrims. That was yeah. the Pilgrims. Yeah. Nothing to do with Columbus. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. Were they, were the Pilgrims, 
Were the colonies really around like a hundred years almost before the Declaration of Independence was signed? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, they were. That's why they were so fed up. They had been around and under British rule for so long. Yeah, forever. Taxed unfairly. I never realized how long that was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was quite interesting. All right, so back to space. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that was a semicolon (laughs) moment um, uh, of of you know varying fact levels because I don't have any. I totally forgot what topic we're talking about. Uh, It's the semicolon. I forgot that I I thought I was I was at home in bed right now. I completely forgot I was here. So there are some real. Really, uh, really nice quotes that have come out of a lot of our space missions that people uh, always attribute back to Houston. And so uh, in the summer of 69, uh, some of the first words mentioned on the surface of the moon. Do you have that one? Houston, uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Nice. Yeah, so he starts with saying Houston there. Case to ever, uh, uh, yeah, and then do you have any from the Apollo when we then they said Houston? Okay, Houston, we've had a problem here. Yeah. This is Houston. Say again, please. Yes, uh, Houston, we've had a problem. <laughs> I don't know about that music in the background. I couldn't find a quote of that without that weird music in the background. No, that's, that's okay. from some documentary, obviously. Well, nobody was like playing a keyboard in the background. Well, but that's one. <laughs> I mean, you think about that. That's one of the most famous sayings that you know when people in you know, the history of. Mankind, yeah, really. Houston, we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. Yeah. Anyway, pretty cool. And so it's all attributed back to space city. So that's mm-hmm. why Mission Control sits there. So anyway, I think it. I think it's good time for me to have a little pause here and ask you some really cutting questions. All right. Are you ready? I will not know the answer to. Oh, any so, of them. okay. So, so Kevin, we've already talked about it a little bit, but why is space so nasty? Uh, why is it so nasty? Yeah. You mean around our planet? I'm kidding. It's like the Houston-Dallas thing. You made me go ask why Houston was so nasty. You know, I was, in in researching this, I was listening to this historian talk about the origin of Houston. Uh Uh-huh. And she said, yeah, when Houston first began, it was a muddy, humid, mosquito-infested, yellow fever hotbed. Right. And I just thought... They've always been nasty down there. <laughs> well, you remember back on a hurricane episode of 1900, we talked about the difference between Galveston and Houston. Yeah. Both were coming up, and uh, Galveston was really a kind of ahead in the race as far as being more spectacular. Yes. As far as a bay city, a port city. And then um, because the hurricane wiped out Galveston, then Houston emerged as yes. the, the city. And this historian described that when Galveston got wiped out, Houston then actually proactively decided to build that ship channel. Yeah. Which I guess was kind of like, she described it as like a creek, not even a river. And they, and they like invested, I don't know how much money made this entire ship channel. Yeah. It was really cool. No, they they made a huge ship channel just for that, and uh, well done, Houston. Okay, so your point is space is so nasty because Houston's so... I'm kidding. Because Houston's so nasty. Here's my second space question (laughs) to Kevin. What's on the other side? Of space? Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my third space question for Kevin. Would you rather live on Mars or Uranus? (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, my fifth space oh question, my, my cutting space question to, 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 to I spend a lot of time on my anus, so. <laughs> <laughs> according Is, to Kendra. Why back in the day, you and I went to school and we learned that we have, I think, what, nine planets? Why did Pluto become a non-planet? Rest in peace, Pluto. Yeah, what they, what they, do you really want an answer or are you just well, mucking around? Sure, what, go ahead. What they discovered is that there's a ton of those small kind of protoplanets out there orbiting in the same area as Pluto. And they kind of said, you know what? It's really not that different than all the other crap that's out there. Okay. And so they kind of said, really, Pluto, I mean, we were letting you in, but we kind of <laughs> bending the rules a little bit. So, you know, all sorry. Right. sorry. It's crazy Pluto. how they named him after Mickey Mouse's dog, though. <laughs> right. I only have three more cutting questions okay. about space. One is about Mars. And do you think Matt Damon was really shipwrecked on Mars? There's video footage of it. Right. That's what I thought, too. <laughs> and then, and then uh, two more questions. Is there a difference between warp speed and light speed? Um. I think they're one and the same, aren't they? I have no idea. That's why I wanted to ask you that cutting space question. They're the same. And then I actually read a biography on Albert Einstein. Mm -hmm. And so my final cutting question is, is gravity, uh, if gravity bends per Einstein's theory of relativity, where does the universe turn? (laughs) Around Uranus. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it could. Wow, nice, Andrew. Nice, nice, it, nice. Actually, if if you really do study Einstein's uh, yeah, theory of relativity, it's really cool. It's fascinating. It's almost kind of like Earth is sitting on this trampoline mesh yeah. thing. Yeah, well, but and then... that's then you, what gravity is. So it you, is warping space and time based on the mass of an object. Yeah, but you extend to... Instead of Earth, you extend to the universe, the ever-expanding universe, mm-hmm. and that gravity is bending... The universe. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. So my question was, where does it turn? Where, do, Which direction would, does the universe turn? Doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess so. Turns whichever way it wants to. Yeah. <laughs> I had one more. I'll have... You want my final? Sure. Okay. Which is more likely to be real, Star Wars or Star Trek? Mm, I think Star Wars. Yeah, me too. I'm definitely yeah. a Star Wars guy. Okay, so... Um, I mean, I'm a Star Trek fan too. I think they're both good stories but the idea of someday in the future we'll be traveling around in the method of star trek doesn't seem realistic but the fact that you know everybody will be at war with each other that seems very realistic no (laughs) that seems real we're just gonna take that from earth out to the rest of the universe did you ever play the game asteroid oh yeah Yeah, loved asteroids yeah me too except that hyperspace button when you were in a freak out sometimes i just had to hit it and then i just land right on top of an asteroid right and you just yeah, yeah, I always hated the hyperspace button. But anyway. Yeah. Have you ever played Asteroids, Andrew? Yeah, but I'm not familiar with the hyperspace button. It, it's like when you're in the crapper, you just like everything's coming at you at once. You just, you're like, and there's no way out. You hit this hyperspace button and it, it disappears you from there. And nine out of 10 times you come back and there's a rock. You know, yeah. land right on it. <laughs> it's kind of like you go into warp speed and uh, okay. appear somewhere else in the universe. Yeah. And then it blows you up instantly. Uh, yeah. Or rigged. you're safe. It was rigged. Anyway. Yeah. Hey, but... So I have a question rigged. for you, unless yeah. you have more questions for no, me. No, I'm, I'm ready to talk about my innovative space things now. So, well, maybe this is one of them then. Okay. So, this is kind of a serious question. Do you really think that at some point they will be able to terraform Mars? Have you heard about this? 
You mean create a, a artificial environment so that we can live? Well, and it wouldn't be artificial. It would actually be natural. So the idea is to somehow, you know, start some form of, you know, plant life to start the ecosystem that would ultimately evolve uh-huh. into an atmosphere like we have here with oxygen and yeah. green plants and everything to support life. They're gonna they're gonna take a whole bunch of those like grass squares and start laying them down. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> all over take Mars. some sod up there. Yeah, sod. Start That's laying what it them is. down. <laughs> I think I think the more likely. Uh, I don't know the answer to that. I think the more likely is, is can you create an artificial life on the moon or Mars that you could, you could move, you know, life there. I, I think you mean like a big biosphere kind of tent yeah, or something. Yeah. Like you're living in artificial. That would kind of uh, suck though. It, it would suck. Yeah. But now I think the, the, the more hopeful one would be that what we've discovered really more recently, even in the last year is all the, really peripheral galaxies and the planets that are are the closest to earth to their star to their sun is those are the most likely of inhabitable uh planets because of the distance from their gravitational yeah, pull star the, but you know the problem with that is we can't we can't get there it would take so many generations of yeah. people to get there that's the problem with that and then yeah. Once you're there, I think the the communication time lag because you know communication flows at the speed of light, right? Yeah. The time lag. Of, I was reading about this the other day. The time lag. I think from here to the closest one would be maybe like I don't know hours, maybe. Hmm. And so the theory is that if you have that much of like for you to send a text message to your buddy on whatever mm-hmm. that planet is would take like 40 minutes for him to receive it and then take and then he responds it takes 40 minutes to get back you know so that's like 90 minutes just for one exchange so the idea would be that kind of with unless there's some way to improve that like yeah. the communication time lag would be such that we would feel more and more and more separated to where over eons it would almost be like a separate life yeah, we yeah. weren't really the same. Yeah, so yeah, that kind of stuff is really cool, though. No, I think all that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and, and I think that begs the question of there are new technologies that we haven't even considered yet to in, improve that possibility. Uh, and I think that's cool. Uh, so, so speaking of that, um, there are a lot of daily things that we use today that have been innovated because of space exploration, and I thought we'd go through a, a few of those. Number one is artificial limbs. Do you know that? Hmm. So artificial limbs were created so that there could be um, all this uh, robotic sensors and diamond joint coatings and all this other stuff that was would make us more functional out in space. I thought that was cool. Artificial hmm. limbs were created. We use those now. Scratch-resistant lenses. That was created. How cool is that? An insulin pump. The well, insulin. What do these things have to do with space? Though? I mean, I could see how they would be useful in space, but why would space be because leading Because NASA those? and all the scientists over the last 60 years have created these so that when astronauts are in space, they would be able to function. For example, if you're a diabetic or you're monitoring your blood, blood sugar, etc., then they created that for the X-15 program 
so that they could monitor while you're not in a gravitational pull at all how your body is doing its stuff and creating you know blood sugar and all that anyway so all these things are are, we're using them now for our diabetics and blood monitoring etc Anyway, there's just all this cool stuff that was done. Oh, I see what you're saying. So they it was they created, created for space, m- like human monitoring in general, like all of your life signs, your blood sugar, everything. All that right? was done for the that space technology program. enabled like a diabetic. And now uh, we're okay. a, we're that makes sense. we're using it day to day. Firefighting equipment is now based on spacesuits that were developed 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. A dustbuster was created so that they could get rock samples off the moon. So it was a it was a partnership between NASA and Black and Decker, and who was just a tool creator, and they needed this battery powered, super lightweight be, ability to pick rock samples up. And now it's a dustbuster, and now we have all of our vacuum. They couldn't just sweep them into a little bag and be done with it. Uh, Seems like overkill. Okay. <laughs> so then LASIK surgery that was done because they were monitoring the positioning of the astronauts' eyes. And because of the technology they developed there, now they can do LASIK surgery. That's cool. Shock absorbers for buildings. You know, with all the earthquake monitoring, all that was developed through the space uh, program. Solar cells, all that space. That makes sense. Water filtration, better tires, wireless headsets. I mean, how cool is that? This is all space innovations that now we get to benefit from. Adjustable smoke detector, invisible braces, freeze-dried foods. Why do you need invisible braces in space? I don't know, but it was developed. It was actually the material... The material. The material that's used for invisible braces was developed in space stuff. I don't know why. Um, Freeze-dried foods, that makes a lot of sense because think about how little weight they can have on the rocket. Mm -hmm. So they need to freeze-dry it to make it as light as possible, and then whatever. Camera phones, that was developed for space. So now... How cool is that? When did that happen in space? In the 90s. Jet Propulsion Laboratory invented a light miniature imaging system that required little energy in order to take high-quality photographs from space. Now it's standard in cell phones and computer cameras. Oh, so it wasn't a camera phone. It was just a lightweight camera. It was a super lightweight, super efficient. Now Now, it's in the phone. Now it's right here in my phone. Okay, okay. (laughs) Cat scanners. So this was in space. (laughs) (laughs) My phone was in space. They went into the future, got an iPhone 10, and then went back to the 90s just for space. See? They've clearly invented time. But I thought this was cool. CAT scan. So NASA's digital signal signal technology, originally used to recreate images of the moon during the Apollo missions, is the underlying technology that makes CAT scans and MRIs possible. This is gross. Baby formula. A nutritious... Algae-based vegetable oil invented by NASA scientists who were searching for a recycling agent to use during long space missions is now an additive in many infant formulas. Hmm. How gross is that? What is it again? Baby formula. No, but what's it's an algae-based formula? vegetable oil. Huh? Algae-based vegetable oil. Why, why is that so gross to you, man? Enjoy that, baby. It's a vegetable. <laughs> Anywho, algaes are vegetables. <laughs> he gets the algae air, pur- air purifier. <laughs> My <laughs> algaes are really bugging me today. Um, I've been sneezing all day. Workout <laughs> machines. Look at that. They created workout machines like the what you call it. You remember what uh, Chuck Norris and Christy Brinkley used to do? Bowflex. Bowflex was created for astronauts. Bowflex specifically. Bowflex for real. How cool is that? Home, uh, home insulation, infrared ear monitor thermometers, ice resistant airplanes. 
portable computers, LEDs, 3D food printing, computer mouse, athletic shoes. All these were developed for space. And now, athletic shoes? Athletic shoes. A shock-absorbent rubber molding designed for astronauts' helmets inspired what is now a common feature in the soles of modern so athletic shoes. So it was the... Material the material for the helmet. Oh. Yeah, you got to get specific on this because <laughs> otherwise made, it just Adidas sounds, it just sounds nuts for it astronauts. Nuts. I just did. Here, if you're going to go jogging on the moon, this is the shoe for you. Need some, <laughs> some uh, Nike Air Jordans. <laughs> so there you go. So anyway, I thought that was cool. That's, and then and that cool. that doesn't even mention all the rocket propulsion technology that's come out that we use now for whatever else. So did we beat the Soviets or what? Uh. I guess. What do you mean? They don't even exist anymore. Of course we beat them. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> the Cold War ended. What are you, a Russian spy or something? Thanks to Reagan, the Cold War ended. Yeah. yeah no, why I, are you sweating all of a sudden? I agree. <laughs> yeah, I'm a double agent. Swe- yeah. Spreading Russian pro- propaganda. I'm not. Here. The Cold War's over. No, the Soviets won. We won. You should have the Cold War. Oh, I mean, they won. No wonder, no wonder that drink is red. <laughs> oh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, hey, today I thought we'd talk about space, and we have. And Kevin's answered my cutting space questions. Uh, very effectively. Thank you, Kevin. Now and, I know. And why is space relevant to Texas? Because it's Space City, baby. No, because Texas is the center of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we believe anyway. Yeah, that's what so. it seems like. All right. All right. Well, hey, thank you all for listening. Uh, I don't have any wrap-up because I went in a bi- billion different directions today. So thanks for just playing along. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a good episode, actually. <laughs> now that I look back and reflect on the past five hours that we've been here, five, five years to put a JFK. We yeah. had a five-hour JFK speech and then a five-hour Kyle Kirkpatrick yeah. monologue rant. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Okay. Uh, really good episode. All right, so look us up on iTunes and is it iTunes or is it Apple Podcast? What's the correct term for this thing? Uh, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, look us up on Apple. Maybe that's why we're not getting any reviews. I keep pointing people to iTunes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, look us up. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. All the all the major sources of podcast information out there. So leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Adios. See ya. <laughs>